Well, this morning, we are continuing the teaching series that we are in the middle of that we're calling uh, Teach Us to Pray, where we're taking a look at the uh, passage in both Matthew and in Luke, where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. And we talked about this a little bit ago, or a week or two ago, that prayer seems to be one of these things that, that most people, no matter where you are in your spiritual life, struggle with. But you've been following Jesus for 15 minutes or for 15 or 20 or 30 years or more, prayer seems to be one of these things that kind of we struggle with. We struggle with knowing its role in our life and how we conduct it and how we might be able to do it. And we've been seeking to understand how we can better have a robust, meaningful, vibrant prayer life by taking a look at the teaching that Jesus teaches on prayer, about what it teaches us about our life, how it shapes us, how it forms our hearts and our minds to be more in line with what Jesus would have us to do. Prayer is crucial to our life with God. It's crucial to shaping who we are in our mind and giving us a, an understanding of direction in the God's will and in His kingdom. It's crucial for how we can follow after God's way. Through prayer, we, we seek God's help. We seek to understand God's direction for all the issues that we face in our world. On a daily basis, we need to seek after God's direction, His will, His perspective, His help. And prayer reminds us that life with God is a daily, ongoing thing. It's not something that's relegated to just the weekends or not just something that happens right before we eat a meal or anything else. But prayer reminds us that our life with God is an ongoing, daily thing that happens all the time. That we need a, a everyday kind of relationship with Jesus. It reminds us that life with God is in the middle of the messes of real life, everyday life. That we meet Christ and we learn to lean into His goodness and to trust God in all of our circumstances that He would be the King of our life, that we trust Him in those things. So when we gather on Sunday mornings or in these weekends, when we gather, we gather to, in the midst of a very divisive and broken and hurtful world where see, things seem to be getting less stable as the minutes tick on. We gather to be reminded that God is enough, that God is sufficient, that Jesus is reigning as king and life under his leadership and in his kingdom and in his life is the way to live eternal, abundant, fruitful life for all the rest of eternity. And we find our hope and our trust and we remind each other that our hope and our trust is found in Christ alone. And so we pray. And we pray as he taught us to pray. And we pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. This morning, we're going to zero in on one of those lines in that prayer. Give us today our daily bread. And what does that line teach us about God? And what does that line teach us about our life with Him and how we can shape our minds, our hearts, our souls around the goodness of God to provide when we ask God to give us today our daily bread? Well, before we get into it, let's pray and then we'll see what God may teach us. Jesus, we are humbled by you this morning, and we pray that 
all that we do and say would honor you. We come to meet you in these moments. So soften our hearts, lower our defenses, lower our guard enough to hear from your Holy Spirit what he alone wants to speak to us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, there are four things I want to point out about this short phrase here about in the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. There's four things I want us to highlight and help us understand what it is that we might be able to under, or how we might understand our life in a more kingdom-oriented way. And the first thing I want us to notice in this prayer that Jesus is teaching us that we are to rely on God to provide daily for us. We are to rely on God to provide daily for us. This is so important because life with God is a moment-by-moment endeavor. Life with God is a daily endeavor. It's a moment-by-moment thing. And we're invited in the very nitty-gritty, mundane, rubber-hits-the-road kind of aspect of our life. We're invited in those very particular things to trust in the Lord to provide all that we need. To give us what we need today. To provide for us in the very practical, real-life situations. I'm reminded of the people of Israel when God leads them out of Egypt, out of captivity in Egypt, and He leads them through the wilderness in the Older Testament. When, when the Lord led them out of Egypt, He provided for them daily. He provided manna for them in the wilderness daily for them. Listen to what it records in Exodus chapter 16, verse 4. The Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day, gather enough for that day, and in this, they will, in this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. This providing manna or providing bread from heaven on a daily basis was a test of their confidence in God. Would they trust God or would they trust in their own ways to provide for themselves? Would they have confidence in the Lord to provide or would they only have confidence in themselves to provide? And in case you're wondering, they didn't do very well on that test. They didn't do very well. They actually tried to scoop up way more than they were needing for that day, and they found out the next day that it just got rotten and it wasn't any good. The confidence, Lord, the Lord is asking them to have confidence for that day. For that day. And before we kind of shake our fingers and get too critical about those Israelites back in the day and those kind of things, the truth is if we were at least a little bit honest with each other, we have a difficult time trusting God. We have a difficult time. I mean, don't we? Isn't it a whole lot easier if we have all the answers and, we, and God would just lay out a 5, 10, 15 year plan for us and he'd just kind of mark it down and say, you just do this and do this and you got it all laid out. Then it'd be real easy. Wouldn't that be easy? For those of you who are getting ready to go into college, wouldn't it be really easy for God to just say, this is what you're supposed to do? <laughs> wouldn't that be easier? Doesn't work that way, does it? Don't we have a difficult time trusting in God we like to have everything all neat and pretty and nice little bow packages kind of wrapped up but Jesus is teaching us and the Lord has been teaching people from the beginning of time that we are behind our life when we learn to rely on God daily daily for he gives us enough for today that we trust in the Lord to provide for us what we need for today and when you think about it and when we really think about it, much of our problems, much of our anxiety, much of our worry happens when we're worried about tomorrow, right? 
or next year or the next five years. Our minds and our thoughts are consumed with questions like, what if, and you fill in the blank, right? Again, those of you guys that are getting into college or just graduating college, what should I do with the rest of my life? I've got a one who's about to get into college and, one, and a couple that are just getting into high school and getting through high school here. And, and even in middle school and younger, there are questions that are being asked of our young people. What are you going to study in college? What are you going to do with the rest of your life? Let's get a plan going. And the raising of, of, of anxiety and worry is just on the rise in our young people. And we wonder why. Because we're worried about 5, 10, 15 years. And the Lord is asking you, trust me today. Would you trust me today? I've got sufficient for you today. You'll be taken care of. Now, I'm not saying we don't plan. I'm not saying just kind of go through it and just kind of, you know, woo, whatever happens, happens. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Samantha, Nate, I'm not saying that. Listen to it carefully. There's a, there is a biblical case to be made for responsibility and preparation and doing all the things that you need to do. Absolutely. But what I am saying is that when our focus and our attention and our mind is consumed with things that we cannot control anyway, what might happen, worst case scenarios, then worry and anxiety, high blood pressure will cripple us and will hinder ourselves from learning to trust in God. And our life with God will be hampered and will be stagnant in the midst of that. We need to learn to wait on the Lord for his promises. Listen to Jesus' words right after he talks about prayer. Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 27, and I'll pick it up again a little bit later. Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And then we're down in verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself each day, has enough trouble of its own. Friends, can I suggest for you that perhaps one of the reasons why your life with God may be stalling out right now, perhaps one of the reasons why your life with God is on a plateau is that you have yet to learn that God is reliable to provide what you need today. And you are consumed with worry and anxiety about tomorrow. Can I suggest that one of the reasons why you may be on a stalling pattern with God is that you have yet to trust. You have yet to pray authentically. Give us today our daily bread. One of the practical, very practical things you can do to push against the monster of worry and of anxiety is just practice the discipline of reciting this prayer daily or at least weekly. When you just simply get to that spot where you say, give us today our daily bread. And learn to lean into the goodness of the Lord to provide for you. Second thing that I want us to notice in this passage, or in this phrase in the Lord's Prayer, 
Jesus is inviting us to really bring our longings before God. To bring our needs, our desires, our wants before God. It's not like super spiritual here. Let's let's not over-spiritualize it too much. Jesus is really validating a relationship with God the Father where He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear your needs and your wants and your desires. He wants to bring, He wants to invite you to bring them before the Lord where you can ask for the things that you really need. In the ancient world here, bread would have meant food for sure. But it also would have meant sustenance, would have meant what I need, all the things that I, I need to make life functional and good. So it would be really good for us and actually very appropriate for us because many of us don't have a worry about where our next meal is going to come from. Right? So it would be good for us to, to change the wording here and not lose the meaning of the passage, but to change it and personalize it a little bit better and to be able to say, give me the patience that I need today. Give me the wisdom that I need today. For those of us who have kids in the house, give us the grace that we need to show today. For those of you who have little kids, give me the energy that I need today. Right? Jesus is inviting you to bring what you need before the Father. It's, it's, it's not rocket science. Bring me what you need, Jesus says. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this about the, the will of the Father. says this, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Those who ask him. Here's the point. Jesus has given you a vision of God the Father as one who loves to give good gifts to his children when they ask. Bring your needs. Bring your desires. Bring your wants. Sometimes we get this impression that God is really busy with global issues. He's really busy with these big things and he's too busy for our small, mundane, detailed, petty life. I mean, he's concerned with world stuff. Would he really be concerned about my individual stuff, my particular wants or needs or desires? And so our prayer life is, is consisting with things like big world things. But they neglect bringing our own things, our own needs, our own wants. And Jesus is giving us a vision of who God is, a, a vision of God where he desires a relationship, where we learn to trust that God would provide and where we are free to ask him for what we really need. And we trust him to provide it. But it's within context, right? I mean, that's within context of the greater prayer, right? This isn't a license to just show up with God to God with like a honeydew list and say, okay, God, here you go. Start working. As if God's going, oh, I was bored. I just didn't have anything to do. Thank you for the list. That's not at all. We pray this prayer. We say, God, may your name be honored and hallowed and may your kingdom come. May your will be done. We seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness. And in the midst of that, we bring our needs. We bring our wants, our desires. We bring them to before the Lord and we ask Him to provide what we really need today. So before I get on to the other couple points here, let me pause for a second and let me just ask you a question. 
How does a view of God who's interested in your daily life and your daily needs, how does that impact your prayer life? How might it change what you pray about? How might it change what you bring up to God? Maybe you've thought of that it's more spiritual to think of other people's stuff in their prayer. Maybe you think it's more spiritual to think about issues out there, so you just kind of neglect your own, and you want to kind of just, well, no, that's fine. I'll just do with whatever. But how might a vision of God who's interested in a relationship where you bring your needs before him, how might that change how you pray? How you pray? Jesus is teaching us to bring our needs before the Father, bring our longings before him. For the one that is closer than we ever would realize. The one that's more compassionate than we've ever seen. And who invites us to a relationship with him. And at the risk of being a little bit in your business, what do you need from the Lord today? What do you need? Some of you need Forgiveness from the Lord today. Maybe today's a day when you ask for that. Some of you need grace. Maybe today's a day when you ask the Lord for it. Some of you need wisdom because of a decision coming up. Maybe today's a day when you ask Him. And you trust that he's going to provide what you need for today. What do you need? Third thing I want us to notice in this short phrase here. We said this before, but I want you to notice the plurality of the language. The plurality. Give us today our daily bread. We've spoken about this before in this lord's prayer but it's really impossible to pray the lord's prayer thinking solely individually thinking just about myself when we pray for the for god's kingdom to come for his will to be done to fill the earth as it is already in heaven then part of that reality of the kingdom of heaven is where everybody in the in his kingdom are being taken care of that needs are being met that people are being fed that they're being clothed that they have the needs that they need The prophet Isaiah gives a picture of the kingdom of God, of a banquet feast, where finally God has acted and he has rescued people and he he redeems them and he feeds them and he cares for them and he takes care of their needs. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 25 describes those who will enter into eternal life as those who apprentice their life after Christ and after his kingdom where his kingdom is becoming more alive in their life and they are people who feed hungry and, and clothe the naked and care for the marginalized, that they are they're in line with the, the kingdom where they are praying not just for my things but for our daily bread. Listen to what Jesus describes as people who enter into eternal life with God in Matthew chapter 25. When the Son of Man, I'm sorry, uh, where do you go? Verse 34. Yeah. The king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. 
for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me, and I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Verse 40, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. See, when we pray, give us today our daily bread, then we actively align ourselves with the kingdom of God. We actively align ourselves with God's life and God's will and God's kingdom where every need will be met. Where those that don't have a place, find a place. Where those that don't have food, find food. Where those that don't have clothes, find clothes. Where those who don't have a family and are sick and don't have anyone to visit them, they are visited. This prayer grows our compassion for the millions of people in our world that don't have access to clean water or nutrition. This prayer, if we allow it to, opens our hearts and our minds to the compassion of this God who loved the world and one day will rescue and redeem and his kingdom will come on earth as it is already in heaven and everybody's needs will be met. So we pray for the alleviation of poverty and of hunger and of those who don't have a place. We pray that they would have a place. But it's more than that. Because if we allow it to, that prayer has a way of shaping our hearts. And the prayer just isn't passive where we sit back and ask God to do a thing. But we become kingdom people in the process. And we desire His kingdom to come and His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we pray and we work towards that end. And we work and we pray towards the, to the end of poverty and of hunger and of those that are, don't have a place and are isolated by themselves. So real practically, as a congregation, we pray and we partner with ministries like our Daily Bread Soup Kitchen here in Lima. And we volunteer and we give financial resources to make sure that those who are in need of food have access to food. And we volunteer and we bring our own selves there and we give of our time to serve them and to give them hot meals once a day to make sure that they're well taken care of. We host a ministry, Spread the Bread and Thread, this Saturday. We will convert this worship center to a place where we can give out food and we can give out clothing, where we can actively align ourselves with the kingdom of heaven that we could see his kingdom come where those who are hungry and need food can come and they can be fed. For those that need clothing can come and get clothes. And perhaps you've never come on a Saturday. Maybe you've never come on a spread the bread and thread Saturday weekend. Maybe a real easy, practical application of this prayer is that you need to make space in your day next Saturday and you need to come. And you need to volunteer. And you need to walk alongside someone and see them as more than just a number, more than just a person in line, but you begin to see them with the eyes of compassion that Jesus has and a desire to find that every need is being met and that we are kingdom people. And that we don't just pray religious words, but we align ourselves with the kingdom at work in our lives and in this world. And we see that needs are being met. And we recognize that sometimes... Sometimes you are the answer to someone's prayer. 
Some of you, Saturday morning will be an answer to someone's prayer. So maybe you need to rearrange your schedule on Saturday and be here. Hand out food. Help someone get clothing. And may we pray, give us today our daily bread. Because as kingdom people, as people aligned with God's kingdom and his will, we live out this prayer. And as we do, our hearts begin to be shaped and molded, and we begin to see this world with compassion eyes, the eyes of Jesus. It changes us. Changes us. Fourth thing that I want to notice about this short part of the Lord's Prayer. Notice that Jesus is our daily bread. Jesus is our daily bread. He is who we need. He alone provides the wisdom, forgiveness, grace, all that we need. In John chapter 6, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And so it is fitting for us as we talk about where we need God to show up that we've come to the Lord's table this morning, that we come to communion this morning and we recognize that it is Christ who will satisfy all of our needs, that he is the source of all wisdom. He is the source of all comfort. He is the source of all knowledge and of all grace and of all goodness. So we come to the table this morning and we bring our needs where we need God to show up. And we come recognizing that Christ desires to meet us and to fill our deepest longings. Because it's only Christ who can. It's only Christ who can. And when we come to the table, we come and we meet the Lord, the risen Christ, who has promised to provide what we need today. We come actually believing that God desires to hear what we need, that we come actually believing that he desires to bring healing for our lives, that he desires to bring forgiveness. He desires to give you courage. He desires to bring all wisdom and knowledge, and all of it is found at the table. When we bring our needs and we meet Christ once again. So when you come this morning, would you come not out of religious obligation? Don't come just to grab a bread and grab a little juice and just kind of walk around and just kind of get on with your day. But would you come this morning and bring what you need? Bring the prayer of what you need. The healing, the forgiveness, the grace, the energy, the discernment, the wisdom. The area that you need God to show up in your life. Bring that with you. Bring that with you. And pray with confidence that he who is able to do immeasurably more than you would ever dream of asking or wanting, that he hears you. And that Christ alone can satisfy all of our needs. That he is the source of everything that we would ever need, want, or desire. But we also come with others in mind. There may be a need that some, someone else is that you recognize. And so with the plurality of the prayer, and you say, give us this day our daily bread. That you come and you bring their needs before the Lord. In a moment here, you're going to be dismissed from the backs of your sections. You're going to come on the right-hand side of your section, come forward, and there'll be stations here. You can get the bread and the cup, and you can kind of move in front of your station or in front of your section, keep going around to other 
side up on the other side and go back to your, your chair there. You'll have an opportunity. You can eat the bread up here at the front or you can and drink the cup up here or you can bring it back to your seats there. And as usual, we'll have prayer teams on either side of the worship center and you can come and you can bring your needs. If you have a burden that you would like someone else to pray with you for, then we ask you to come and it'd be our privilege to pray with you. But we come, we expect God to show up. So I'm going to ask you to do something a little bold and maybe even a little risky this morning. As we pause for a moment of silence and reflection on this table and on the communion elements and what it all means for us, I want us to reflect on this question. What do I need from the Lord today? What do I need? Where do I need the Lord to show up in a very practical way? Not over-spiritualized, nothing, but how do I need the Lord to show up today? And then quietly in your own heart say this simple, bold, and risky prayer. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today what we need, God. Give us today our daily bread. If you would bow your heads, close your eyes, and have a moment of silent reflection. Those who are serving communion, you can come. You can get ready at this time. And in a moment, we'll lead you in the liturgy. But in these moments, just reflect on that question. Where do you need the Lord? Where do you need him?